0: Today, I'm excited. We're going to talk about rest. Do any of you guys like rest? Who here was like, I would sleep in until noon every day if mom didn't come in and wake me up? Yeah, some of you guys. That's my brother. He would sleep in till like 1 o'clock every single day if he didn't have to get up for work. How about some of these guys? Can we throw those images up? I'll look at some of these guys. Just need a little bit of rest, right? He's just walking along his day. What about the next one? Well, this dude literally said like, on the stairs. What else? We got? I think we got one more. Oh, that's me on the airplane every time I travel, dude. I feel bad for the people sitting next to me. I'm probably drooling all over them. But we all like rest, right? And I'm excited to dive into this. We crave rest. And some of you guys might be wishing you had a little bit more this morning and you're wondering why you're here. But I'm glad that you're here this morning. And we're talking about a rest, though, that's not just a solid eight hours of sleep. Or maybe I just had a lazy day at home all weekend and I just got to sit and scroll on TikTok, do whatever I wanted. No, we're talking about a different rest this morning. It's a rest that God has promised to us as his people. It's a rest that God invites us as his followers to share in with him. It's a rest that is of God himself. And it's a rest that overflows out of all of our lives and it starts in our hearts and we see it flowing in every aspect of our life. And it's a rest that surpasses all understanding and is over anything that we can experience. What would you, what would you guys say the opposite of rest is though? Anybody got any ideas? Tired, Right? How about, did I hear restless? I, I think I heard restless. Restless, right? The opposite of rest is restless. And this comes from a place of striving, a place of chaos, a place of wandering, a place of losing sight of where we're going. And this morning, I want to encourage you guys. The author of Hebrews, as we're going to dive in, he wants to encourage us today that God is giving us rest. Can you guys say that with me? Say, God gives rest. Say it one more time. God gives rest. Alrighty, alrighty, let's open up the Word of God this morning. We're going to hop over to Hebrews chapter 3. Before we get started on this, I love the way that Hebrews chapter 3 starts off. It says, as the Holy Spirit speaks, as the Holy Spirit says, today I want to encourage you guys that God is still speaking today, just like we talked about last week. God is still speaking to us today through His Word, through the words in this book that we all have, that God's Word is not dead this morning. So as we're going through this passage today, can you guys do something with me? I want you to hear these words as the author of Hebrews, as God is speaking directly to us this morning. That we're not just reading these words to study for the who can be a better Christian test. We're looking at these words this morning to know that they are the words of God to his people, to the people in this room this morning in Hebrews. As Hebrews 4.12 says, it says, For the word of God is living and effective. Say that, say living and effective. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word this morning is living, and it is for us. And so I'm excited to dive into this. I'm excited for it to open us up. It says it's sharper than a double-edged sword, that the word of God opens us up and allows us to receive. Maybe when we've closed off our hearts, closed off our minds, closed off our souls to the things of God, his word is penetrating us today to open us up to receive what he has, to receive his rest. And so can we let him open us up today in this beautiful wintry Sunday morning, 2024? Let's pray. Let's bow your heads. Well, God, we just invite you into this place today. As we talk about rest, and as we look at the rest that you were offering to us this morning, God, we just, we give it all to you. We give our lives, we give every aspect of all that we are today to you, God. Open us up. Let your words penetrate into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, so that we can truly experience the rest that you are offering us this morning. The rest that you give and that no one else can take away from us, because we have security in who you are this morning, God. So God, we invite you in. We give you all the honor, all the glory. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through 19. We got to. Bit of a passage here. So, you guys, good if I read for a few minutes? It's going to be up on the screen or you can read it in your Bibles. Let's start. Chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, there it is. God's still speaking to us today. It says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your father tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked to anger with that generation and said, They will always go astray in their hearts. And they have not known my way, so I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage each other daily while it's still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. For we have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly until the end the reality that we had at the start. As it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. For who heard and rebelled? Wasn't it all who came out of Egypt under Moses, with whom was God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear, swear that they would not enter his rest? Say his rest this morning. If to not those who disobeyed. So we see that they were unable to enter because of their unbelief. Can you guys say unbelief today? So what do we got going on in this passage? We got the author of Hebrews. He's taking us in the time machine. He's taking us back to the Israelites, back in the land of of the wilderness. Okay? So they've just been delivered from their slavery, from the Egyptians, and they're wandering out in the wilderness. And God has said, hey, I have this promised land for you. I have this promised rest that I want to bring you guys into. It's this promised rest that God has given to his people. How many of you guys are impatient? How many of you guys like things right now? anybody like that. This past Christmas, me and my family, we all got together. We had all the gifts underneath the tree like three days before Christmas. We opened up on all of them on Friday for some reason. I was just like sitting there. I was like, I want my gifts now. So I convinced the entire family to open up gifts three days before Christmas. We woke up Christmas morning with no gifts. It was the most disappointing thing ever actually. But what happens, we have, as people, we get so impatient. We want what we want now. We want the promise. We want the good things of God right now. And sometimes we miss out on the journey that God has taken us through. That's what happened to the Israelites. They promised their rest. What happens is they lost sight of it. It says that they hardened their hearts. They had unbelief. They entered into rebellion, and they forfeited their rest that was promised to them by God. That's my first point that I want to look at this morning, is that forfeiting rest begins with untrust in the heart. Can you guys say untrust in the heart? Forfeiting, Forfeiting the rest that God has promised us to enter in with him, it begins with untrust in our hearts this morning. This whole passage here, we see the author of Hebrews, he talks about one thing. He talks a lot about the heart. We see things he says like, do not harden your hearts. He says they always go astray in their hearts. An evil, unbelieving heart. The author of Hebrews is so concerned about our hearts and matters pertaining to us entering rest with God. And he wants us to hear loud and clear that our rest, the rest that we get to enter in with God, will either be lost or received in the hearts this morning that our rest that we get to enter into with God will be lost or received in our hearts, in the trust and belief in our hearts. I want you guys to hear this, though. God is not dangling his rest out there. He's not dangling his peace out there like a carrot on a stick. He's not just teasing us with it. But it is a gift that he's giving it to us. We all like gifts, right? But there's something that we have to do when we are getting a gift is we have to receive it, right? If someone's giving us the greatest gift we could ever imagine, what would we do? We would grab it, right? We would take it. We would accept it. We would receive it. We wouldn't turn it away. That's what the author of Hebrews wants, the, wants us to hear. He says, hey, this is a gift that God is giving to you. He's giving you his rest. He's giving you his peace. But we must receive it first in our hearts. And the author of Hebrews gives us this lesson from the Israelites who did the complete opposite. They had this great promise, this great rest, and they were on their way towards it, but they lost sight of it in their hearts ultimately. They, they forgot that the gift giver of rest was good and faithful and that he was going to keep his promises. They forgot that and they lost sight of it we get this warning this morning that tells us, hey, don't do what they did. They turned their hearts on God, and they let their unbelief harden their hearts, even after all that God had done for them. How many of you guys have ever seen the movie Prince of Egypt? That's a great movie. What a soundtrack. Oh, man, it's beautiful. I love that movie, right? It's insane what God did for the Israelites, right? He's, like, taking them out of plagues. He's splitting the Red Sea. Like, he's doing all this amazing stuff for his people, things that are unfathomable. Like, if I was in Bible times imagine just being there in those moments, like seeing the Red Sea split. This wasn't like a little like river that just went, no, like this is literally an ocean that is walls as high as we could imagine with the water because it was split in half and they walked through the sea. It's insane. It's amazing. I think a lot of us would be like, how could they not believe that God was good? How could they not believe and trust in God after all that they had seen? But it can be so easy for us to not see all the goodness of God sometimes. I had this girlfriend in high school, one of you guys are probably wondering, Nate had a girlfriend, two, where is this going? But I had a girlfriend, I had a girlfriend in high school, right? And we're going on our first date, Is actually our last date too, it's kind of sad, but it was tough, okay, it was, it was lasted like three weeks, great relationship, but dude, I thought I had all the riz, I thought I was the rizard of Oz, the Risley Bear, bro, I thought I had it together, okay? I'm getting this girl flowers, I'm getting, I took her on a picnic, we went to this lake, Okay, ladies, does that sound like a good date to you? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Bruh, bruh, this girl did not talk to me for two and a half hours that day. We were on this date for like two hours. She would not talk to me. I'm like, I'm doing all this for you. I'm doing all these amazing things. I'm a broke high school kid. I spent like 100 bucks on this date. I was so disappointed. That was like the last day we ended the things like the next day. It was terrible. It was sad. But it was like, I did all this for you. And did you not see my heart behind it? My heart that I wanted to show you that, like, I appreciated you. I wanted to show you that I liked you at this point. And she rejected it. She rejected this gift. That's what the Israelites did. God was giving them this gift of rest, the promised land, and they lost sight of it. They lost sight of where God was taking them. And we see in Exodus fourteen twelve, it says, "'Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness.'" Think about that. It would have been better for them to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness, is what they said to each other. It's like my girlfriend that was like two days. It would have been better for her to be single than be with me. I guess that's what she thought, but it was tough, bro. But the people in the desert, they come to this place where they let their unbelief take their hearts away, take it off of seeing the goodness and faithfulness of God and the promised rest. And we see this moment in Numbers chapter 20, where the people there quarreling in the desert they start complaining to Moses, and like, we're hungry, we're thirsty, we don't have what we need, and they start complaining. And Moses is like, all right, like, let's go to God, and see what he has for us. And Moses goes to God, and him and Aaron come to this place with God, and he tells them, hey, go speak to this rock, and I'm going to make water come out of it. And I'm going to show my goodness my faithfulness. I'm going to show you guys that I am good. I know I've shown it over and over, but I'm going to show it one more time to you guys. I'm going to show it again. He says, go speak to this rock so that my holiness, my faithfulness, my goodness will be shown so that you guys will keep pursuing towards it. And then we get to this, mo- this moment in Numbers chapter 20, verses 10 through 12. It says, Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, I love this, he says, listen, you rebels. Imagine if like, Mateo got up here every week and was like, listen, you rebels, this is the word of God. I think that'd be pretty awesome. But yeah, what happens is Moses, he gets up in front of them, and God commands him and he says, hey, member, just speak to the rock, and I'm going to make water come out of it. Instead, Moses gets up there and he says, listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock for you? And then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice. I see Moses just like, smacking smacking the rock. And God's just like, hey, you're supposed to just talk to it. And what does it say? It says that the abundant water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But this is important. Listen to this part. It says, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this assembly into the land I have given them. Because you did not trust, because you did not trust You are forfeiting your ability to enter into the promised land. You are forfeiting your ability to enter into my eternal rest that I'm that I'm calling you to. And the Lord tells them, Because you did not do this, you will not enter the rest. How easy for us can it be to harden our hearts, to lose our trust in God? I love the author of Hebrews. He uses three analogies here of the heart. He talks about a hard heart. Can we throw that slide up? We've got a hard heart. We've got a heart gone astray and an evil, unbelieving heart. When I think of a hard heart, I think of a, that's a, hard, a heart that's been hurt. Has anybody ever been hurt by life? Maybe something, a circumstance in life has happened, and maybe you start to doubt God's faithfulness. You say, I don't know if I can trust God. I've experienced things in life that are tough. Maybe you've been hurt by people at church, and you're like, man, is that really God? We've, a hard heart is one that's been hurt. Maybe a heart that's gone astray. I think of this as a heart that's lost of tension. It's lost sight of the goodness of God. We've come to this place where we forget how good God truly is, because maybe it's been a little bit since we've seen him move in our lives. And we have this lack of attention, Then we find ourselves in a spot where we're like, well, do I really even trust in God anymore? Do I trust that He is good? Do I trust that he's calling me to his rest? And The last one is an evil, unbelieving heart. And this one's sad. I see this as a flat-out denial of who God is. A flat-out denial of saying, I will never trust in God. And I hope none of you guys are in that spot tonight, or this morning, sorry. Hebrews 3.12, it says, watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So this is the call to us this morning, to watch out, to be fearful, to be worried. There's different translations. This one says to watch out, but some other translations say literally be fearful that we will not fall away, that our hearts will not turn away from God, that we will not lose our trust in who he is. Because ultimately, what happened? We see the people in the desert, the ones that lost their trust in God, that lost their way, they died in their unbelief. The people in the desert died in their unbelief in the desert. They let their unbelieving hearts cause them not to enter the rest, but ultimately die in the wilderness. So, what is the opposite of unbelieving, though? What does the author of Hebrews give us to hold on to? As Aidan Cory said in high school, he said, every promise, or sorry, every warning comes with a promise. Because ultimately, this would be kind of like a tough passage to read and kind of disappointing. We read this and we're like, oh, man, they did bad in the desert and they died. Well, that sucks. Like, now what do we do? We got to keep reading. We got to keep going. Because as Aiden said, every warning comes with a promise. Think about any Anytime that you get warned to do something or not to do something, what is there? On the other side, it's a promise of if you do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, this will happen. It's like your mama telling you this isn't a threat. This is a promise, right? Some of you guys already got that. <laughs> Some of you didn't. <laughs> i thought that would go over better but apparently not so all right let's keep going okay so we got the warning he tells us about the israelites in the desert he tells us hey look at what they did don't do it but he tells us hey let's look at what will happen if we don't do what they did if we take the warning into account if we look at it in our lives and we apply it let's see what the goodness that's going to happen and we're going to look at hebrews chapter one verses one sorry hebrews chapter four verses one through seven it says therefore since the promise to enter his rest, say his rest, remains, let us beware that none of you be found to have fallen short. For, all, for we also have received the good news just as they did. But the message they heard did not benefit them, since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. For we who have believed enter the rest, in keeping with that. He said, so I swore in my anger they will not enter my rest, say my rest. Even though his works have been finished since the foundation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Again, in that passage, he says, they will never enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news did not enter because of disobedience, he again specifies a certain day today. You guys say today. He specified this speaking through David after such a long time. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I you got some good stuff. At point number two that I want us to look at is that today, in faith, we enter his rest. Today, in faith, we enter his rest. And what is this rest? He calls us to enter into my rest, right? God says, enter my rest. And what, what is this rest? God's not saying, hey, come get eight hours of sleep with me. He's not just saying, hey, like, just make sure you get rested up and take a good nap. <laughs> Dang it. Sorry, Victor. <laughs> you, got me, you got me cracking up up here. But what we best see this is in the end of creation when God rested himself. You guys know that God is resting right now? That God has finished his good creation on the seventh day, it says that he rested. And God is resting, and he's waiting for us to enter into that rest with him. What's so beautiful, though, is that this rest is a reality today and now. See, I think a lot of us think that the rest that we get to enter into is, like, maybe just when we get to heaven someday. That maybe the rest that we get to enter into is maybe just, like, when we finally get to see Jesus in heaven. No, God says, My rest is available to you guys today, now, and where you're at in your life. I think that's amazing. It's the rest of God that we get to share in. It's not just the lack of trouble on earth, but it's us sharing in the rest of God Himself, the same rest that He is enjoying. A rest that surpasses all, a rest that is above everything. And we see in verse 2, the author of Hebrews tells us that we've been given the same message as the Israelites. So we got the Israelites in the desert, right? And God says, Hey, go towards the rest, go towards this. They hear the message. He says, they heard the same message as you guys are hearing right now, but they didn't hear it in faith. It didn't benefit them at all because they didn't trust or believe it fully. They didn't trust or believe it in their hearts. And it goes on to say that we who have believed will enter that rest. For the ones that believe, for the ones that put their trust and their faith and their hope in God are the ones that will enter his rest. Trust in God equals rest. I love what he's trying to get us to realize here is that we could hear the good news of Christ this morning, guys. We could hear that God is good, that God is faithful, he is peace, he is love. We could hear all the goodness of God, we could hear everything. I could preach the best sermon up here. Mateo could come up here and like just bring the word every single week. Victor could lead us in the most amazing worship moments, but none of it is going to have any effect or any any benefit to our lives if we don't receive it in faith. If we're not receiving and trusting the words, trusting of who God is, we will never enter into an ultimate rest in our lives. We will never be able to benefit from this message, as it says. I love this. But today, it says. So it says you must receive it in your hearts for those who believed it. But it also says today. Can you guys say today? Say it with a little more oomph. Say today. Yeah. Give me one more time. Yeah. Good stuff. I love why it uses the word today. is because there's no room for procrastination in entering the rest why would we wait to enter into the greatest gift we could ever experience, right? If you knew you were getting something amazing, why would you like wait till, "Ah, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow? No, we would want to do everything we possibly could to enter into the rest of God right now, in this moment today, as he says. In Hebrews 4.11, I love this. It says, let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. Let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern pattern of disobedience. Author of Hebrews, says, hey guys, look what the Israelites did. They stopped making efforts towards trusting in God. They stopped trusting in God on a daily basis. They let their hearts go astray. See, they might have been in the desert, in the wilderness for a little bit, and trusted in God maybe for a couple days, a couple weeks, maybe even a couple years. They're out there for 40 years, right? Maybe they trusted him for a little bit. But what happens is they stopped making every effort they stopped making every effort. They stopped coming to God daily and saying, God, I trust you in what you're doing. Instead, they started going astray in their hearts, as it says. It says that they stopped coming to God daily. And that's where we have the ability to learn from what they did. That's where we today get to enter into the promise of rest. Is that we get to do it daily. And that's the encouragement to us this morning is that trusting God is more than just an intellectual thought that we have every once in a while. It's more than just saying, I think I trust in God. That's cool. I, I, I trust in God. I think he's a good guy. No, trusting in God, it says, is to making every effort, to putting every aspect of our lives into the trust of God, showing that we trust God with every aspect of our lives. It's saying, I trust God with my schoolwork today. I trust God with my family situations. I trust God with whatever things I'm facing right now. And that's ultimately where we're going to see rest, because honestly, those are the things that take us out of rest, right? How many of you guys know that you just feel restless when you're trying to like go through school, go through life, go through these challenges by ourselves, right? It's it's restless, it's tough, it's hard. And what this says, it says, hey, you're gonna face things just like the people in the desert. It's gonna be tough. You may be going through this long journey. It's, It's gonna be hard. But ultimately, you're never gonna find rest if you're trying to do it on your own. If you're not willing to put your trust and your hope and your everything into God. What happens is that a heart of unbelief will die in the desert. A heart of unbelief will die in the desert this morning, guys. Our unbelief in God and our unwillingness to trust him with every aspect, we're going to find ourselves in places where we are just burned out, where we are tired. And ultimately, we're going to have hearts that are just, they're in a place that are dead. And the heart of unbelief will die in the wilderness. But you know what's so cool is that the heart that trusts will forever be in rest of God himself. A heart that trusts will forever be in a place of rest. A heart that trusts in God for their daily dependence is going to be at a place of rest. Do you guys want rest? I want rest. I don't know about you guys, but I want rest today. But that rest comes through focus. Or sorry, not focus, my bad. Our rest comes through trust in God. And so this morning, as we're all here in this room today, as we're talking about this idea of rest, and Victor, you can come up if you want. I want to encourage you guys that just like those three heart postures, we have a hard heart, we have a heart that's gone astray, maybe a heart that's in unbelief, I want to ask you guys this, where is your heart at with God this morning? Where is your trust ultimately in God? Are you here just because your parents brought you here this morning, or are you here because you trust fully in who Jesus is? Are you here because you trust fully in who God is and his goodness and his faithfulness? Maybe there's some of us that just need to regain a little bit of focus. Maybe we've let the things of life take our focus off of who Jesus is. We've stopped trusting in him. We've started trusting in the the things that we're able to do. Maybe we start trusting God in my abilities. We lose sight of the trust. Maybe there's some of us that just need to come back and say, God, I'm sorry for when I've not trusted in you. And it's left us at a place of unrest. And so this morning, can we let our unbelief die in the desert, ultimately? Can we say, I'm going to let my unbelief die? I'm going to let my untrust, I'm going to let it die, and I'm going to move forward in life and rest and trust in who God is. And so will you guys stand with me today?